City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to an episode of The Stinger, the trade deadline special on the All Hornets podcast network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and Apple Podcasts. Go on to YouTube. Leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast Network is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. Today's show, we're joined by Andrew Claudio of Knicks Film School to hold some mock Knicks Hornets trade discussions. So interesting episode today. This is going to be the first of a series of uh, trade specials we're doing ahead of the deadline. So hopefully you're going to enjoy the show. Uh, Andrew, say hello. Introduce the people. Tell them about yourself. Hello, uh, as James mentioned, uh, my name is Andrew Claudio, I'm exec- executive producer over at Nick's Film School, uh, also our pregame show uh, host, and yeah, they're your number one place for all things Nick's. Thank you for having me. No, not at all. And the reason I wanted to do one of these about the Knicks is because, firstly, we've already seen them make a move, right? With OG Ananobi moving off quickly uh, and RJ Barrett. I mean, early returns, just to get people's thought. What were your thoughts when the move was made and what are your early returns so far? So when the trade was made, it was a very emotional day, I'll say, because mm. there's an emotional connection to Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, two guys that were drafted by the Knicks, developed by the Knicks, played key roles in a very fun turnaround for this franchise over the last three and a half seasons. Um, I mean, four and a half if you include RJ's rookie year, but that was not really that good of a season. Uh, And 
you know, when you have a homegrown player like that and you've experienced some success with them, seeing them go out is not always the easiest. RJ had gotten to a point in his performance that it almost made it that you needed to give him a change of scenery. So there, there wasn't, at least on my part, as much of a, a sting to losing him quickly was the big one because a lot of Knicks fans, myself included, always thought there was more there than the role that the Knicks were giving him. And you're seeing that in Toronto so far. Yeah. I think the where I'm concerned is that if you were going to trade Emmanuel quickly, getting OG Ananobi back is probably the trade to do it. And being able to get Ananobi back for a guy that um, in quickly that you potentially weren't even going to be able to, to resign in restricted free agency, depending on what deal he was offered. And then in a guy that you were only playing 20 minutes a game, whether you should have been playing him 20 minutes is a different conversation, but being able to get an Anobi back and not having to give up yeah. a pick is just, it. it's something I can't really fault the Knicks for or completely yeah. object to. And you've seen it so far in the first five games, the Knicks are five and zero. they lead the league in defense. They have, I mean, they're just blowing teams out right now and um we'll see if that can success continues and the knicks still have all their picks for that big fish which we know they are patiently waiting for meanwhile upgrading the surrounding cast so no i thought the, the trade made sense for both teams when it happened and what i thought was interesting is after the the trade was made you know in a classic two for one right that is what you traded two plays for one there that naturally creates holes on the Knicks roster and there was reporting post-trade that the Knicks are maybe not done on the trade market ahead of the deadline. And well, I'll say this why... real quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but like yeah. they did get Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn back. But as you're saying, the head, the headliners of yeah. the deal being that, that they, point. but the, the roster spots, they, they actually, it was like a two for three as a result. However, it's been yeah. marketed as a two for one, which is why I agree with you that I don't think they're done either. Yeah. So when you look at the Knicks roster for now, if you, you know a lot of these listeners to this is going to be Hornets fans and then hopefully some Knicks fans too, what would you say are the priorities on the roster kind of upgrading heading into the deadline? What, what are the team looking up for? So this is where I'm trying not to overreact too much to the start of the Ananobi era with the Knicks. They, they won a good game against the uh, Timberwolves who lead the West and have been just an impossible team. Uh, to really score points against this season. And uh, they won that game, the first game of the Ananobi era. And then the next four games, they've just, they 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 had a, a tough first half against the Bulls, but then they blew them out in the second. They controlled from minute one, this game against the Sixers, in which they won by 36 points. And then they took care of the Wizards and uh, the, the Blazers by, by 20 plus, and with the Blazers, almost 40. So I'm trying to assess what their needs are without overreacting to like, we don't need anything. We're five and oh, yep. we're never going to lose again. Uh, the back guard, the backup point guard position has been one that is, has been talked about amongst Nick's circles that they're going to need to upgrade Deuce McBride, who has taken over and been given an opportunity in these first five games, got off to a rocky start, but the last three games has really shown that there may be something there to him in in a rotation i don't know if he can run the offense but as a, a 12 to 17 minute player he's been awesome and so maybe you don't need to give up too many assets to to go get a guy um to to be your backup point guard if he can be fine in that role the backup center position precious achua has been not not a long-term solution yet to be the backup center the knicks obviously lost mitchell robinson to injury in december However, Isaiah Hartenstein has filled in 
almost not, not even just amicably, but has almost made it that he's now the starting center and, and as far as the franchise is concerned. And the way he's performed has really unlocked this offense in a way that um, you really wonder if, if he's just the starting center going forward, uh, really? even, even, even whether, even when Mitchell Robinson potentially yeah. comes back. Um, so there's a, there's a need at center. There's a need at potentially a backup point guard, but specifically another, playmaker or, or primary ball handler so that way it's not just all falling on randall and uh and jalen brunson in the, on the offensive side of the ball interesting yeah i mean from the hornet's point of view uh as you can imagine this this season is a lost one mainly due to injuries and some underperformance it's a com- combination of the two and obviously a strange situation new ownership group in place uh you know front office in place that probably aren't long past this end of this season um so it's, it's a little bit strange I, I think the names to watch from the hornets point of view on the trade market are gordon hayward pj washington terry rosier probably a bit of a controversial name but one that i think uh should be considered uh you know e- even someone like miles bridges probably shouldn't be ruled out um as well so i, I think those are some of the common names that you can see i mean the core is basically lamella ball brandon miller mark williams uh, I'd say there is a high price on Terry's ear. I would say Gordon Hayward needs to be traded. Um, and I would say kind of Miles Bridges and PJ Washington are to be had for the right price. And and the rest of the roster is a lot of young guys who, again, will have no value probably to anyone else in the league apart from the Hornets themselves because they're a developmental pieces. Apart from maybe Nick Richards, who is a backup center, is who is a, is a guy who could have some interest. Um, but I'd say that's the current position. Um, I guess, you know, I said to you when I messaged you, the, the key people I'm probably interested in from a Charlotte Hornets perspective, what this team really needs moving forward is toughness, veteran leadership, and outside shooting, and plus defenders. Like, that is, this team has been soft, weak, out-rebounded, pushed around, you know, not been able to stretch the fall on a consistent basis for too long. And I don't think there is any likelihood of major kind of go putting multiple picks to go for someone big at this trade deadline for the Hornets, not with the current front office, but but trying to bring in some of the right culture settings some the personalities approach the game the right way. That's what I think the team will be looking to add if possible. And that's why I had Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes on the kind of first list. I mean, both of those players, they are now... Obviously, I think Josh Hart was starting at, at times this year. He's kind of fluctuated a little bit in his next tenure, but generally coming off the bench. How would you? Where would you say those two are in kind of the pecking order against each other? And I, I've seen Josh Hart. There's been some disappointment with him this season um, from Knicks fans. Yeah, just where would you sum up where kind of the Knicks are with both those two players? So it, it's interesting you bring up these two, the Quentin Grimes of it all. Um year three player was in the starting five got inserted into the starting five for Evan Fournier last year. And it was that point in which you really look at the Knicks numbers and saw the uptick in improvement Um, this year, new starting new, new year. And the starting five was doing fine, but he got off to a bit of a rough start. um, Wasn't really able to find his role in the beginning and um, almost requested a move to the bench because he thought there might be more, of an opportunity. Uh, the Knicks also just were flat out better when Dante DiVincenzo shared the floor with Jalen Brunson. And um, he's, he's shot like over 45% since moving into the starting five. Very good. Um, so Grimes has almost 
settled into uh, a bench role, a backup role, but the Knicks had a glut when they had all these wings with RJ and um, and quickly here that upon this trade happening, both Grimes and McBride were told you're going to be given an opportunity now with the, there being no longer a need for a consolidation trade. Um, that to, and he's he's the 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 game against the Sixers. He he uh, played over Julius Randle in the fourth quarter and was able to uh, be part of the team that really closed that game out uh, in the fourth. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's available is what I'll say um, from things that we've heard. Um, you know, he had the quote, didn't he? Like, it's hard to. It's hard this to is play when he was when he was in the starting five. He yeah. said he felt the pressure of like every time that I get right. the ball, I feel I have to make it or I'm going to get pulled immediately. And it just he spoke to an anxiety that like his teammates weren't finding him. And when they were, he's like, I have to make this or else I'm getting pulled. And this comes with the fact that you have a better option and even Chenzo behind you and a better option and Emmanuel quickly behind you. And, you know, you better make your shots or else you're looking at 17, 16 minutes tonight. Now, um, him being extension eligible this summer, I imagine he would not be extending with the Knicks this summer based off of the number he might want. So I don't that's why I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's yeah. available I don't know what if necessarily... number do you think he would want? Like judging, you know, what were Nick's talking about maybe over the course of the season? What sort of range you, uh, would fans be expecting? For money? Yeah, for Quentin Grimes for an extension if he's extension eligible. So I, I that's the thing. I'm not even sure like that conversation okay. has 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 come up yet. I know he being a a guy that can shoot 40 from three and guard your primary point of attack, which he did really well. Last season is a guy that you know that's that's a that's not OG and Obi money, but that's the OG and Obi skill set, and it's it's very much the opportunity hasn't been there. I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if he was available, so that way okay. he can enter into that that bracket. So that's very the Grimes of it all that he he may be looking just for a change of scenery. The Knicks locker room can be a little clicky too, in that there's like a Villanova click and a CAA click and a Kentucky click. And he's none of those things. So <laughs> he may be on the outside looking in at a certain a certain standpoint. Um, so Josh Hart, I actually push back on the fact that he's been a disappointment and okay. the fact that he's been a starter uh, because he's only started, I believe, four games. And it was when R.J. Barrett was out, um, either four or five games. And it was when R.J. Barrett was out. Um, he uh, has been the de facto sixth or seventh starter on this team. And for two years, since the Knicks traded for him last year, has just been a consistent on-off machine. Um, I know what his impact metrics say, and I think it's because he's just not hitting the three-point shot like he did when he came to the Knicks last year. He's also not as good at the rim, I believe, um, than, than what he has been in the past. The thing that I think he gives the Knicks, and this was like a thing when Quickly was here, is an injection of pace that they just don't have when they have their normal starting five or didn't have when they had their normal starting five and like adding someone like Ananobi, um, he can do so many things. He's, he's no longer responsible for being the primary like point of attack lockdown Bruce Bowen defender. And he could do some other things off ball that like when he gets it, it's almost like you're starting a fast break no matter where he is on the floor, whether it be off a turnover, whether it be off a rebound, he's just, he's the injection of pace. And it's why they just, 
they flat out for two years, or at least since they made the trade last year, been better with him on than with him off. And that's that's no matter what lineup pairing that you're with. Ironically, the only lineup that you can make the argument he was worse with is when he was with RJ Barrett, which Knicks fans got very frustrated when they would play together. Um, so point being, I'd actually if if, if we could I, I did see when you mentioned it that Josh Hart would be like a guy you'd be interested in. Yeah. Because of the because he's a Villanova guy and a CAA guy. I think he's oh, like he's the second. Count. I think he's the <laughs> second untouchable on the Knicks, to be honest, wow. behind Jalen Brunson. Like, if you had a Randall trade, I think that would be more of an of a. Not that either are likely, but I think they'd be yeah. they'd be quicker to you. trade Randall than they would, you know, Jalen no, Brunson's best friend. I mean, and that's why you know this is why we have to get the insight of people like you who follow this yeah. post, right? You know, um, so that is that is great insight. And look, it's good to we rule it out early. You know, yeah. there's no point focusing on that. And the insight on Quentin Grimes is great as well. So th- that's really interesting. That helps me know where I'm going to focus my time. Uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of on the Hornets roster, I'll hand it over to you. Um, I would say, obviously, there is probably not as much talent on this roster. But are there any names that kind of stuck out was interesting to you? I know you talked about back a center position, back a point guard. I would probably say that, to some extent, both of those positions are actually weaknesses on this Charlotte Hornets roster itself. Uh, but yeah, are there any names that you kind of were wanting to get the same kind of insight from the Charlotte Hornets point aside? So there inside, I think is the key word because I have some questions, but the yes. first trade I thought of was just the Knicks just got precious to Chua. Um, you had mentioned Nick Richards is available like that. I believe that works as far as the money is yep. concerned. Um, and if I'm not even sure what team would have to give up the pick in that, in that, in that spot, maybe the Knicks, because they're, try, 
Yeah, it might be no team. It might just so, be like we like that player for that player. Like so, like be. if it if it ends up being just like the Knicks actually have a need, and the Hornets would not be maybe it's like a top a top fifty protected second round pick, you know. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where maybe Nick Richards fills a need for the Knicks. Um, that's the one that I initially thought of. What's the Hornet perspective and and vantage point of Terry Rozier at the moment? You said that he's some. I know he's averaging twenty four a game, which is kind of kind of yeah. wild. I know they're they're almost seven eight assists, and I think right, like he's turnovers. Yeah, he he's seems well. very valuable, and I have no idea. Like I know if the Knicks, I don't, I don't think Rozier is the guy that the Knicks would do this for, but I believe yeah. Grimes and then Fournier is expiring for Rozier works. I'm not even proposing that, but like, what is the price of a Terry Rozier at the moment? Good questions. Good questions. So Nick Richards, let's start there. Um, he is, I think he would be a Tibbs guy because he's a Steve Clifford guy and Clifford and Tibbs view basketball in a very similar way and are very close and, and speak still now. Um, you know, Steve Clifford loves his physicality, his, you know, he buys into his role He's like, you know, you can describe him in some of the same ways like a Taj Gibson, like strong, buys into his role. But I would say Nick Ridge is not a vocal guy um, and very limited. So like offensive rebounds, dunks, putbacks, but can actually move pretty well for his size. I, I would probably have him above Precious Achua in a, in, a, in a value element just because I think he's proven to be an every night backup center over the last couple of years. And like, a, he's been a fine spot start. If you look at his numbers, not good. He, he's a backup. That is what he is. But um, he brings more size and probably fits a, a Tibbs style more than a chewer. Who's maybe more of like a switching center. You know, that's more what precious was known for in college. Um, so I, I think this is one where if the Hornets, now the other thing with Richards, he's, he's contracted for next season as well. A chewer is a free agent in the summer. So there's an element of risk there that you carry, right? Um, and, and I think the Hornets want to get bigger and stronger and trading Richards for a chewer would do the opposite of that. But it would make you more switchable. So it's a little bit of a philosophy thing. I don't think it's a... It would it would only happen if, for whatever reason, the people in the talent position thought that a chewer's style and upside was much greater than Richards, which I think that's close enough that you wouldn't assume that would be the case. The Rosier one is interesting. Uh, he had, uh, he's having a fantastic year, playing more on the ball this year because of the Mellow Ball's injuries. But he has also actually had his some of his best moments in Charlotte before the season was playing off the ball. Um, you know, he is just an incredible shot maker. He is the best work ethic on the team. He is all those things where coaches praise about his leadership, his approach, his work rate, all those things, which feels very much like someone who would get on with Tibbs. Um, and he's also someone that the coaches continually praise his defense. He's asked to basically guard the first choice perimeter offensive guy on the other side. He's then asked to be the Hornets go-to scorer and their main distributor. Like he is doing a lot right now and he's actually doing it remarkably well and remarkably efficiently. He should be struggling with efficiency this year and he's not. So there is no doubt he is playing extremely well. My issue for the Knicks, I think, with Terry Rozier is you couldn't play him and Brunson. It would just be too small in the backcourt. And then you wouldn't be willing to pay, you know, if you're just playing, well, well, we're paying for the minutes that Brunson's off the floor. Well, you're talking about 14, 15 minutes a night, and you're not just giving up the assets that it would cost to get a good backup ball handler. So that's mm -hmm. where I think the disconnect is. If, if Rozier was 6'5", right, and could play next to Jalen Brunson and handle the ball a bit so he could play point, while Brunson was out the game and play next to him, 
I think he would carry more value. I just don't see him being able to do that in New York. I think what you're describing is the Emmanuel quickly yeah, issue yeah, you're right. that the Knicks had. And it's what the fan base got very frustrated with towards the end, at least when Tibbs just wasn't comfortable playing quickly next to Brunson at, at long stretches because of how small of a backcourt that was. Um, I would, uh, I mean, the, the loud outcry from Knicks fans was like, according to the lineup data, it works fine. No matter what they're playing against the, the quickly Brunson backcourt was always like a ridiculously high on high positive when they were playing together. And this is where the Josh Hart of it all actually came into effect. The Knicks had this lineup with quickly uh, Brunson, Randall and Josh Hart. Anytime those four shared the floor together, it was like plus 25 by the time that it, it, the trade was made. So if you weren't willing to play that lineup consistently and, you know, quickly being a small guard and that was the issue to then not extend quickly and trade him to then also then trade for another six, one point guard that you're not going to play. That's making 23 million a year. I think is where um, I, I Knicks fans would be upset by a deal like that. And it's also where I'd be surprised if the Knicks did, make a deal like that. So I really think where we fall is the Nick, Nick Richards seems to be the trade. If there is a trade to be made between these two teams. I also just like from, from talking to some people in the know over, over there, like the Knicks, I'm not sure looking to add that high a salary in onto their, onto their books. They do want something controllable. Cause as you mentioned, there's a big fish coming down the road that they may potentially want to go and make an all in trade for. But they're not gonna they're not gonna look for an expiring contract. So I didn't even bring up Gordon Hayward uh, or anything like that. Like I, I think they would be interested in adding a guy that's got years on his on his deal. I don't know if twenty plus a year is the amount of salary they'd be looking to get back. So this is interesting. So I think we understand the issue with Rosier. I had a couple of trades go down here and I'll, I'll share both with you and you let me know which one you want to start with. You think is more interesting. Please do. One was uh, PJ Washington, which you've not talked about needing a, a three, you know, a stretch four, but that is what PJ is. Can play center plays about a third to a quarter of his minutes at center this season. So again, if that precious is not working for you, that PJ is another option for Evan Fournier, which is essentially salary filler and Grimes, and I understand there might need to be, you know, picks involved in that one, one way or the other. It'd be good to get your thoughts. But if, if for example, if the Knicks felt we need to get a, a, a another forward, a guy who can play in the front court who can stretch the floor, uh, and because we feel that we're overbearing on the wings right now, that would be one one idea. Or the other one was a again Evan Fournier plus Grimes for a Gordon Haywood. Now, that was more of a rental. That's a very short-term goal. And plus, actually, the money doesn't quite work for that. Um, you'd need to find like an extra... You'd have to make another tiny deal on the side. And this is the challenge. But for me, from if I'm Nick's perspective, I'm renting Gordon Hayward. He probably like might help this Knicks team offensively, especially that second unit, maybe more than Grimes. But it's a very short-term move. You know, and what happens after that? You know, Evan Forney at the minute is kind of a vehicle, really, for the Knicks, I think, for, for a potential trade. And I just don't know if they'd want to use that vehicle on Gordon Hayward. But maybe PJ Washington, who signed for multiple per years, having a down shooting year. But again, like he has proven he is a better shooter than he is this year, would, would probably be the only other person who would make sense. So I'll start with the, the Gordon Hayward um, mm-hmm. of it all. The, 
I mean, the Knicks were the other team that was trying to get Gordon Hayward a couple of years ago when he signed in Charlotte. So I know Tibbs would, would love Gordon Hayward. I think... And he can handle the ball as well. Like, he, he can, can play some point guard. Like, he's done that for Charlotte's second unit at times. Obviously, a non-traditional form, but he is a ball handler creator for others. So... I mean, this is correct. I mean, apologies about my ignorance here. How much has he started every game for Charlotte this year? Uh, Well, started everyone he was healthy for. He is current. Yeah, essentially, he is currently out with a left calf strain, which is he's due back probably in around a week's time, I would guess. But there has not been any ankle injury, any major injury thus far. He missed two games with a stomach virus because there was a virus going around the team. But he is a, currently has a left calf strain, but had started every game up to, I think it was around December, he was playing pretty much every game. So you're hinting at both points that would make this a, a, non, a non-starter for me. And yep. that's actually, no pun intended, non-starter. He wouldn't be a starter on this team. He would be coming off the bench. I don't know if you want to give up assets like Grimes and Fournier uh, for someone that's not going to start for you, especially someone at that type of salary, even if it is. If the Knicks were just looking to dump Evan Fournier for... Um, someone that might contribute to the rotation. It's it's it is a one percent. That's the angle I was coming at it from. Is right. I get turn it. Turn Evan Fournier into someone who can contribute for this year. Yeah, I think because you still have it's so Fournier has a one plus one, and it's a team option. Yeah. So you can still it's, it's it'll suck for Evan, but the fact that you can still pick up his team option and then trade him this summer makes it less of an urgent need to trade him at this deadline. And the same thing goes with Grimes because he is technically under contract for next year on his rookie deal that you can just ride it out and give up less assets for someone that'll help your backup unit. Um, so the, the Gordon Hayward of it all probably isn't yeah. the direction they'd go. Makes sense. I don't, I don't think they, they'd trade Grimes for PJ Washington either, to, to be honest. I think the, Josh Hart's been a fine backup four. Um, there's just not a lot of backup fours that you're afraid of in the league that that Josh Hart can't can't defend and can't be. Um, like you said, the precious Achua of it all is why I think the Knicks would look for more rim protection at center and potentially a backup five. Uh, there are, I mean, we'll see what happens in Chicago, but like Andre Drummond continues to be the guy that Knicks fans are hoping becomes available because then you just. He brings you the offensive rebounding that you lost Mitchell Robinson. He brings you the exact type of backup five that they're kind of looking for, exactly what he was in Philly. Um, and, you know, he's he's been a rebound machine since taking over the starting role for Vucevic in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's the direction they go, and it wouldn't cost you as much because they have a couple of trade exceptions that they can used to just put him right into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's more the direction they'd go than something like PJ Washington. Yeah. The the only other thing the Hornets could do with that move was you do PJ Washington and Richards for Grimes and Fournier. So you get a backup four and yeah, you both, get a backup yeah. five. You know, it's it's a two rotation players for one. Uh, now again from a Hornets perspective, I think that's the element for me where you're getting a lot smaller. Uh, if you think about, you know, going from your backup for your backup center to Grimes and, and what do you do going forward? I, I think that's where the value goes, skews too much, maybe making away from the Hornets. And I don't think that's where they would look to. So it seems like even though obviously Quentin Grimes might potentially be available, the Hornets don't necessarily have 
the players you feel would would you know be able to make a deal get done. Well, so do you think that Nick that Richards and and Washington are part of the long term solution? Because that's my thought on the Hornets is that it shouldn't matter no, what no. the temporary things are. You know, yeah. like it, if you can get Grimes and you think he can be someone that plays next to Lamelo one day, then like you got him, and then you worry about finding other pieces like a backup four, or a backup five in the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I said at the start, the only things nailed down for this team are <clears throat> Brandon Miller, Lamella Ball, and Mark Williams. Like mm-hmm. everything, this team is too bad to have anything else locked in. So no, I'm I'm not saying they're by any means locked in for for. But I just think in terms of the the value that those players have together, Washington and Richards. I mean, may, maybe it is maybe it is more close, but it's a uh, if Quentin Grimes just be, was like a 15-minute backup off the bench and it never quite regained the form he got last year, that would be two very solid backup players playing at bigger positions, which generally like the bigger positions can be harder to, to find, to fill. You're giving up a two-for-one for rotation players. Right. I just, it, it gets a little bit dicey just in terms of the value for me. Uh, now, now, the fact that there's hesitation on both sides, maybe that means... Like that's where it's actually a discussion, right? And you can both sides could talk themselves into it. I I don't know if I can talk myself into it. I I don't think you would either. At the the end of the day, I think the the fact that it is a discussion makes it for why this is, you know, closer than yeah. than we realize. I do think they would look for something, just respectfully, like something more than um, a backup four yeah. and a backup five if they were trying to trade Grimes and Fortier for to someone address, else. Address your needs, right? And, and I think that that's why Rozier, that's why Rozier, I think, was yeah. a, a more fascinating conversation of if the Knicks were willing to take on that type of money, Grimes and Fournier, I could see it, I, especially since I I do think Grimes is available. I, I just flat out do think he is as yeah. available um, going forward. I don't know if this would be the, the potential trade for him to be available to go, but I, I do think he can be had for the right price. <clears throat> well, everything I know about Rozier is they would be holding out for like, uh, mo- value of multiple first round picks, right? Uh, two, not multiple like three, four, but, but like two first round picks, um, or a first round pick and a player. And I, I just don't think Quentin Grimes is enough for for that reason. Uh, but no, I, I think look, I think it makes a lot of sense. That's why we we have these discussions. Um, if there was a you know a third team, I, I still think Quentin Grimes, like you say, a three point shooter who can be a point of attack defender, that ticks a lot of boxes for Charlotte and. We've not spoken much about draft picks, either of us, in this. Because I think, from the Knicks' perspective, they're holding them for that all-star who comes up. Bingo. And from a Charlotte Hornets' perspective, they're not in a position with a lame-duck front office that they're going to be giving up future draft picks uh, right now. Just, just, It's just not the right time. It's about retooling the roster rather than trading away draft picks at this point in time. So I think that's why neither of us have really brought that up. Yeah, I, I don't... I could see a world where the Knicks trade. They're, they have the, they own Dallas's pick. It's top ten protected this year. Um, mm-hmm. They could trade that in a deal if they felt it was the right value and they were getting something for more than this year. Uh, I don't necessarily know if because they that's what they did last year. Is they they went the opposite and they traded their own first top and they protected it top fourteen for Josh Hart because they thought well the Dallas pick is going to convey so we have a, a pick this year. And then Dallas found themselves in the plane and they were oh, like, you know yes. what? We'll just skip just out on the plane and tank completely. And so the Knicks had no pick in the, in the draft this year. So with the being in the same position, I think they'd rather trade the Dallas pick 
if it's more confirmed that it's going to convey this year rather than trade their own, which, as you mentioned, there may be some bigger fish on the market this offseason that they'll want as many as many assets as possible they could potentially move for another player. Well, Andrew, I think, look, we didn't find a trade, but that's fine. It was still a really good exercise to learn a little bit more about those two players who are kind of guys who I think Hornets fans have had their eyes on. Um, so I really appreciate you giving up your time. Uh, best of luck to the Knicks. We will be watching on. Wishing them luck for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, appreciate your time today. Of course. And look, I if Nick Richards for Achua or like a Jericho Sims is in play, I'm not going to say no, <laughs> but that may not be the, the most, it may yeah. not be the sexiest trade, but... Like Nick Richards is the thought that I think a lot of Knicks fans would have. It's like a backup center. That's like what we're looking for right now, a backup center. If we can find a way to put to, to Ben Grimes into that deal, which there won't be. <laughs> that well, yeah, it's like you say, not not in that type of deal, but yeah, I, I exactly. do understand like the the Hornets are looking to just acquire pieces that could be part of the the solution. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Well, just to finish up. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by allhornets.com, a credential Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. Allhornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage of all things Charlotte Hornets. So thank you very much for allhornets.com for supporting the podcast. Uh, thank you for Andrew, Nick's film school for coming on the pod. And uh, look, if there is ever a Nick's Hornets trade in the future, you'll have to hop on again here. Deal. Sounds good, my man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.